Hey everybody, I'm Aya Zaktar, and welcome back to Quest for Peace. Uh, it's been a little bit. I just came back from CES a couple weeks ago, and uh, that's actually going to be today's topic. Not really. A t it's going to be a story, and I'll try to explain some uh, peace-seeking things I was trying to do on this particular trip. Uh, if you don't know anything about this show, this program looks at ways to find inner peace. I've been struggling with this for about five, six years now, trying to figure out how do I get myself mentally calm and content and happy? And uh, you know, to a lot of people, it seems easy. For me, I have a terrible time doing that. So I wanted to share with you guys my experiences, and that's what this show is. It's not really like, hey, this is going to fix you. This is more like the stuff I've tried, and maybe you've tried it out, and you're like, hey, this worked for me or this didn't work for me. And I uh, encourage you guys to send us emails. We have an email address now, quest at gfqnetwork.com. If you're interested in this show, check it out at gfqnetwork.com. We've got a bunch of archives there. We've got a lot of episodes. Uh, I'm working on lining up a new slate of guests who I can interview and try to pick their brain to figure out exactly how they've managed to find peace or how they've struggled. That way, we can all learn together. So today's episode is going to revolve around my CES 2015 trip. This, I think, was my eighth year in a row at CES. And so I've been all over the map when it comes to companies I've worked for. And this is my second straight one with CNET.com or CBS Interactive. Uh, I'm speaking for myself here, not for CBS. So if you're like, hey, is this endorsed by CBS? No, this is just my own personal opinion about stuff. So don't ever forget that. Disclaimer over. Anyway. So, uh, oh yeah, also I'm trying out a new setup. I'm in a different part of the apartment. It's, we'll see how it is. So I apologize if I look a little crooked. I've got to work on the camera still. Small steps in a small apartment. Anyway, so CES 2015. The trip itself was fine. Let's talk about the trip home. So, the trip home. Now, I booked my flight and it was a one-stop flight. I was going to stop over in Chicago from Las Vegas and then I was going to hit... Uh, Newark. Newark is the airport closest to my apartment. I'm on the west side. You come over from Jersey. It's not as far as going to JFK or LaGuardia. If you don't know where those are on a map, look them up because LaGuardia is kind of north and JFK is kind of south and they're both very east of my place. So I figured why not take a flight that'll get me home. So the flight itself was already kind of ugly. I wasn't going to get home until like maybe two or three in the morning east coast time. And I mean that from like from the airport to here. So that time would be around two in the morning. And then as the day progressed on the actual day of the flight, I noticed my flight, my connecting flight becoming later and later. It said it would arrive at 2 a.m., which means I wouldn't get home till like 2.30, maybe 3. Then it said 3.30 arrival. Then it said 4.30. I was like, wow, I'm not going to get home until like five or six in the morning. And uh, my son is going to be over on that same day. So I'm probably going to be like pretty fried. Anyhow... I get on my flight. Actually, I jumped, a, I jumped a step. I have my normal situation, which is a backpack and a carry-on. Now, I happen to not like checking bags because why do that if you don't have to? You don't have to wait around. You can leave right after. So what I did was I had my bag and I had my backpack. And so they say, groups three and four on this flight, please check your bags at the gate. And I'm in group three. So I'm like, well, this kind of sucks. So I go over to the flight attendant, and uh, she tells me that I don't have a choice in the matter, that my bag will be checked 
at the gate. And she goes, well, don't worry about it, sir. Your stuff will come out. It'll be right there. I go, okay. So they gave me a little bag tag and I was on my way. Now, I was pretty ticked about this because I really don't like not having my bag. So I started kind of laughing to myself because this was kind of ridiculous. I'm like, well, you know, I bought a ticket. It allows me to carry on and I don't have a choice in the matter. So uh, even more to that point, I had had to deal with uh, the UPS store at my hotel. And I was thinking about, before I even left, I was thinking, hey, maybe I should just ship my bag out and then I'll get it whenever it shows up and that'll be fine. I was like, nah, I turned that down. That's actually why I started laughing at the airport because I'm like, if I just gave them my bag, it would be no different. So I started laughing pretty loudly, aloud to myself because I just found it to be pretty funny. Now, in the old days, I'd probably get really angry and upset or try to negotiate my way out of this. But I'm like, you know what? There's really nothing I can do about this. this. This attendant says I have to do it. And I really don't feel like arguing too much. So as I'm laughing to myself, uh, somebody walks up to me and goes, Ayaz? I go, hi. And it's somebody who's recognized me for Night Attack and, uh, and for the pre-Night Attack show. So that was kind of neat. I got to talk to somebody and uh, I think his name was Michael. So hi, Michael. And it was nice to meet somebody and talk just you know a little quickly and he wondered why I was laughing so I told him why I was laughing anyway so we get on the flight and it's you know it's a nice flight it's a really nice airplane got it's American Airlines nice airplane uh, leather seats and like touchscreen interfaces on the headrests and these are capacitive they're not the ones that you tap with your fingernail the resistive ones which cause so much grief for lots of people although the UI could use some work uh, anyhow so it's a nice airplane. I'm in the aisle seat, so I'm very happy with what's going on. I eventually sign on to GoGo Wireless because this is a long flight. I figured, hey, might as well check what's going on online. I've been connected all week, and I kind of felt like this compulsion to be connected. So I go ahead and I get connected. And then I get a text from Liz. And if you guys don't know this show and you're like, you know, who's Liz? Liz is my girlfriend, and she lives with me in this apartment. Well, she's at work right now. So... Her text says that my flight's been canceled. I'm like, well, no, I'm on my flight. She meant my connecting flight because I was also kind of loopy. So my connecting flight was canceled. And I was like, okay, this is a problem because I have no idea what to do. So what I did was I called the flight attendant over. I asked them, hey, what's, what happens here? And so the flight attendant told me, well, when you land, you can go over to the counter and they'll figure out what to do with you. Assuming your flight is canceled, we don't know for sure if your connecting flight was canceled, which I find to be a load of, uh, of pardon my English, well, I'm not going to swear, but it's a bunch of BS, okay? If I can get wireless access to the internet on, in the airplane, there should be something popping up on my screen in front of me telling me, hey, your flight's been canceled, do you want to rebook right now? Because I would have. Anyhow, that's not the situation, so I'm texting with Liz, who's on the phone with American Airlines, and she's negotiating me getting back home. So there's no flight, no flights that night to get back to New York. So my one-hour layover in Chicago O'Hare International Airport has now turned into an overnight stay. Now, I got no issue with Chicago, but I'd been away from home for about a week, and I wanted to come home, and I was just... That's all I wanted to do. And that wasn't going to happen. So I found this out and I started laughing again because it was just so ridiculous. I can't believe that this is happening again. I'm not getting angry. Here's the thing. I'm not getting angry while this is happening. So that's, I guess, a good thing in this quest for peace thing that I've actually figured out how not to get angry. But I was 
kind of just irritated. So I started laughing just because there was nothing I could do about it. So Liz books the flight 6.35 in the morning out of O'Hare and it's going to go to LaGuardia. Now, that's not where I was originally going. I was going to go to Newark. So when I land in Chicago, I find an attendant and she helps me reroute my bag. She says, we can maybe intercept your bag. Let me see your bag tag. I started laughing because I didn't know what a bag tag was because I usually don't check my bag. And also bag tags sounded funny to me. So I took out my bag tag, bag tag, and she scanned it. She's like, okay, we can get it to LaGuardia. Your bag will follow you. I go, is there anything I have to do? She goes, no, 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 the bag will follow you. So she prints out my ticket. I get my ticket and I get a voucher and I'm off to a hotel. I get in the cab. I get in the cab and then this guy, the cabbie, asks me, hey, where are you going? I go, Hill, Spring Hill something or other. And he goes, oh, shit. I go, excuse me? He goes, I only have one ticket left, and you're not going to downtown Chicago? I go, no, I'm going to wherever this is. Because I have no plans to be there, so I haven't done a lot of research. I've also been there for like an hour or like 30 minutes. So I really haven't like acclimated myself to the layout and geography of Chicago from where the airport is because that wasn't my plan that night. See what I'm saying? So he's like, well, I need to get a ticket so I can take another uh, fare later tonight. And in my head, I'm just like, I don't really care what this guy has to do for his own business. I need to get to this hotel because I need to sleep. I got to wake up for a 6.35 flight. It's around 11 o'clock at night, uh, local time in Chicago. So he goes, okay, I'm going to go backwards and try to get a ticket. So I said, okay. He goes, so you're not going anywhere anyway, are you? I go, guess not. I kid you not. This is the conversation we're having with this guy. He backs his car up. He gets by the, like, the uh, little taxi station, little, uh, what do you call this, little booth. He runs out of the cab, leaving me in the cab so he can talk to somebody out there. I have no idea what's going on. I'm starting to kind of laugh to myself and also figure out, well, what's my plan? I have to get my stuff. So... I get in, I get in the, sorry, the cabbie gets in the, in the cab because, you know, that's where he's supposed to be. And he starts to take me to my airport, to my, uh, to my hotel. Now, he doesn't have the address in his head. He doesn't have it in his phone. He can't find it. So here he is inputting the address with the stylus, and he's taking a lot of time, uh, never once asking me to hit the directions button on my phone, which was totally live and ready. So as he's driving, I notice a pop-up show up on his, his Android phone. It says, would you like to exit navigation? And it says, cancel and OK. He hits OK. And then I notice that we're no longer being transported via the voice of Google Maps. So I tell him, hey, I think you just canceled the Maps navigation. Because this guy does not know where the hotel is. Kind of want to get there. So he pulls over on the side of the highway, pulls out his phone, puts the, the address back in, and we're back on our way. He lets me know that, hey, you know, these hotels that are voucher-based, probably not the best hotels. And I'm just thinking in my head, you know, I'm going to get a little profane here. I'm thinking, hey, man, I know I'm in a bad situation, but you don't need to tell me that. So what I just figured was I told him out loud, I go, for this place looks like I'm going to get shot, uh, I'm going to suggest we go somewhere else. We pull up to the hotel, and it does not appear to be horrible. The cabbie then tells me, I'm going to have to follow you into the hotel. I'm like, uh-huh. He goes, yeah, because that's where I can get another ticket so I can get another fare. Now, in retrospect, I believe him to be telling me this because he wants to make sure I'm not totally creeped out by him getting out of the cab and following me in Chicago. 
Oh, did I mention that the hood of my jacket, because I have a, I have a pretty heavy jacket, a winter jacket, I took the hood off. It zippers off. And the hood is in my carry-on. So when I left Chicago International Airport, and it was minus, I think it was minus three degrees or two degrees when I stepped out, it was like, boom, slap to the face. It's freaking cold. Welcome to Chicago. Now, I was prepared for New York, because New York would have been something like, I don't know, 10 degrees. But Chicago was at minus something. Also, I probably would have had my hood with my, with my carry-on, but I didn't have that. All right, so I get to this hotel. Cabby does follows me in. I talk to the guy behind the counter. It's around 1130 at night. This man is so beaming and happy and full of energy and full of customer service. The guy behind the counter. He goes, what time is your flight, sir? I go, 635 in the morning. He goes, okay. He goes, well, we have shuttles from, uh, from here over to the airport. They run on 15 and 45. I suggest the 415. 415. So it's around 1130, and I'm starting to laugh. Again, I'm like, 415. I guess I'll be on the 415. And he, the, guy, the, the gentleman behind the counter is also starting to laugh because he's seeing my desperation of how insane the situation is getting. He goes, well, well sir, I guess the next question is, what about a wake-up call? I go, well, if I'm going to 4.15, maybe 3.15? I'm going to need a call at 3.15 in the morning. So, yeah, 3.15, I guess. And he's, he's seeing me kind of crack because at this point I'm exhausted and I am cracking. Uh, let, me know, let, let it be known that my flight left Las Vegas at around 3 o'clock local time. And it's now 11.30 uh, local time in Chicago. So a friend of mine who took the red eye actually got home before I did. So I was just like, man, if I just taken the seven o'clock at night, it probably would have been fine. Anyhow. So I'm cracking and the gentleman behind the counter with this smiling, beaming presence tells me, hey, do you need anything? Uh, I go, yes. He goes, would you like a toothbrush and toothpaste? And I'm like, yes, please, anything you've got. So he gave me a bunch of stuff. And as you know, because I'm wearing the clothes on my back, I don't have a carry on. I don't have extra clothes. Oh, and I hadn't finished work that day. So when I got to the hotel room, I got on my laptop and I worked for about an hour, went to sleep and figured, hey, I got about two to three hours of sleep. So, of course, while I'm sleeping, I have a nice, beautiful nightmare of, of, a, um, of a plane crash and it's pretty realistic. And then I wake up and I'm like, hey, I'm glad I didn't die in that, air, that, that airplane crash since it was a dream because, you know, that's what you want to dream about before a flight um, so I wake up at three o'clock and I get my stuff together and, uh, I pack up all my gear, you know, cause I've taken out a laptop and a phone, put on my clothes again, which is gross. I don't really like to wear the same thing that way. And so I get downstairs and sure enough, it's the same gentleman behind the counter. So I checked in and checked out in the same, uh, work shift for this gentleman and he was smiling still and beaming still and saying, hey, sir, there's fresh coffee right behind the televisions. Go ahead and get that if you'd like. And I was like, well, thank you. And to my surprise, there were at least three other people ready to go to the shuttle. So I didn't feel so bad. Now, I have had three hours of sleep that night. And uh, that's not a heck of a lot. I think I slept a couple of hours the day before because I think we were out. Uh, what was Thursday? Thursday, we were at like a CNET party or dinner. We had a dinner and I slept late and I woke up early for the for the show 
So I haven't got a lot of sleep in those 36 hours. I think I'd, in 36 hours, I'd been asleep for about like three. So that's not a hell of a lot of sleep. So I'm loopy and I get to the airport and I've, it's the same gate where I came in and I could have just stayed there for the three or four hours. But I still think that for my own mental sanity, having a bed was probably the best thing for me. Let me have a, uh, my own space. I wasn't like sitting around in a terminal that was cold or drafty, no bed, no privacy. Uh, so in other words, for your own mental sanity, even though it seems like it's going to take a lot of work, I suggest if you're stuck, get the hotel if you can get it. So I get on this flight. They bump me up to a nice seat. I've got a lot of leg room. And as I'm sitting in my seat in the aisle, I get boarded first. So this is awesome. If I had a carry-on, I would put it here. So I get on the freaking flight and wait in there. And then everybody who has to sit behind me apparently loves to slightly turn right. So when they turn right, it seems that 80% of people with coats hit me with their coat. And I'm just sitting there. I'm not a particularly broad guy. I'm not a giant or anything. I'm not a you know monstrously buff gentleman. But I was getting swapped, sw- swatted constantly with coat jackets and I mean co- oops, coats and everything else. And I'm knocking over uh, a microphone. So I'm just thinking, okay, this 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 trip, this trip needs to end because I can't keep doing this because there's a lot of little tiny irritations that are driving me freaking insane so eventually everybody sits down and i'm not getting smacked anymore and i'm ready i got leg room and i'm waiting and i'm uh, listening to music and i fell asleep a little bit on the plane so this is good i get to the airport like cool i'm in LaGuardia. i go to baggage claim because my bag's supposed to have followed me so i go to baggage claim and i go to their little office and i go here's my bag tag they go, uh, well, it wasn't on the flight with you. And I go, what do you mean it wasn't on the flight with me? They said it would follow me. They go, well, the last time we've had this scanned was Las Vegas. Keep in mind, this is the day after I was in Las Vegas. So I'm like, why is my bag in Las Vegas? So I didn't actually ask him that. I started laughing again. I'm like, so wait, you're telling me that the last scan you have was in Las Vegas? He goes, yeah. It was on an airplane headed to Newark. I go, that never happened because there was no flight going to Newark. Actually, I guess that's true. If you scan it in Las Vegas, I guess it could have been headed to Newark directly there. So there was a direct flight I didn't know about. Now that I think about it, I thought he meant Chicago. Anyway, so I give a description of my bag, which has no tags on it apart from their scan. I don't have a lock on it. I don't have like a big tag that says, in case of loss, you know, send it to Ayaz Akhtar. Here's my address and here's my phone number. So they have to identify it by the tag, which, you know, makes me super happy. I get home, you know, after finally, actually, no, I don't get home yet. Hang on, I skipped a beat. I hoped against hope that when I get to the airport, that maybe the baggage claim system is busted and my bag will still be on the flight with me. Hope, hope, hope. So I file my claim. I got my little piece of paper. I stand there by the baggage claim and I wait. And I waited for about a good 20 minutes and everything goes through until a gentleman comes out of the baggage claim area and says, that's everything. We're finished. Because if you don't see your bag, it's not out here. He goes, well, you can just go to the office and file a claim. And I'm like, yes, I already did that. Thank you. So I got to my car service because I wanted a car service because I wasn't going to take a cab and deal with that fun lack of suspension in 
this 20 to 30 minute trip. Um, I get home, I call up American Airlines and tell them, hey, listen, here's what's going on. Can I give you a description of my bag, a better one? Because it said I didn't even tell you the make of it. It's a Samsonite. I had the Amazon information. I'm like, here's what it looks like. They're like, well, we don't really have a place for that, which I think is astonishing. How do you not have like a a visual identification system, especially since a lot of stuff is bought online and or could be bought online that an accurate description is a click away. They do not have a system for that as far as I know in American Airlines. So I tweeted out. I used a little bit of leverage. Yes, I, I was probably not the biggest person. I could have just been like, hey, I will just be fine with you on the phone. But I tweeted it out. I'm like, American Airlines, you lost my bag. I need my bag back. It's got my stuff in it. At the time, I believed my passport to be in it as well, which would have been a big thing to lose. I had two IDs. I had a license and I had a passport. And so on the trip back, I didn't plan for losing or not having my bag. I planned on having it. This will change the way I do things in the future as well. So I tell them, hey, look, my passport's in there. I want my, I want my uh, bag back. Tweet it out. They want me to DM them. I follow them. I tell them what's going on. I get a phone call from American Airlines. They're telling me that due to the amount of cancellations that the delivery service will take potentially three to five days to get your bag back to you, sir, they say to me. And I started laughing again. And the lady's like, what's the matter? I go, well, listen, I know it's not your fault. You have nothing to do with this. And there's all these cancellations. But like, I really need that bag back. It's got a really important thing. It's got my passport. I, f I need my passport. Like, I'm not spending $200 or you're getting me the money back. So I get a call from the delivery service. They have my bag. I'm like, great. You have my bag. Where are you? They go, we can be there in 15 minutes. I'm like, awesome. Except I wasn't home. I wasn't home at the time. And this is the next day. So I call them on on Saturday. I left on Friday. I got home on Saturday at like 9:30 in the morning. Sunday, they tell me that we can get your bag back. So I tell Liz, "Hey, listen, they're coming with the bag." So they set it up. It was my bag. I had my bag back, and then I was home. I was really home. I got my stuff all back together. Uh, the majority of my stuff has been through the laundry. I still have to get my shirts cleaned. This trip, in eight years of doing this, which is a long time, I've never had a trip go this weird before. It was astonishingly frustrating and tiring and just wasn't worth it. It did teach me a bunch of lessons. I wrote a bunch of notes for myself. Never book a non-nonstop flight Always take a nonstop flight. Uh, prepare to lose your checked bag and or ship your bag, things like that, to have my own notes. But what I found out about this whole thing, throughout this whole experience while I was doing this, I couldn't, I didn't quite understand why I was laughing so much. I was, I was, you know, here's some bad news, sir, and I started laughing. Here's some more bad news, sir, and I started laughing. They kept doing this over and over and over again. The only time where I truly got annoyed was when I got to LaGuardia and they didn't have my bag because they told me it would follow me. That's when I really got irritated because at that point, that's when I realized that all optimism and hope it has been crushed because they don't have my bag. Up till that point, for some reason, I had some reserve in my brain, and I'm not sure how I developed it, that things would work out. Things will be fine. And they did eventually, by the way. 
but I just found the whole situation very funny. It's like, well, what are you going to do? Am I going to get mad? Am I going to freak out? Like, if I freak out, is that going to do anything? Surely they're not going to want to help a guy who's freaking out. I'm not going to cause an issue, never mind the fact of being brown at the airport and being angry. Like, yeah, that'll go over well. But I don't want to even, you know, broach that potential racist topic thing. I just wanted my stuff back. And I got frustrated at LaGuardia. I got in the car to get home. And the gentleman in the car wanted to talk to me. And I was like, I'm sorry, I'm exhausted. I might pass out and fall asleep. So put in my headphones because I, I wasn't social. So the one time where I lost my peace was when I got home at LaGuardia. And I got, finally got back to my couch and I sat there and I was like, finally, I'm home, you know. Um, and my dogs were there. So I was like, hey, my dogs are here. This is good. Uh, I was exhausted, absolutely exhausted. So it was quite the trial. And the crazy thing is since then, I've been, I've been pretty mentally right, which is crazy. Even even with Las Vegas, uh, I I try to do things that kept myself sane. I was working out. I worked out four days out of the seven, which is pretty good considering you're on vacation. Not on vacation. I'm working my ass off. Uh, I lost a pound, so that was good. Uh, but this was the harrowing journey of my CES trip 2015. Uh, I wanted just to tell you guys that just because it was crazy and it tested my patience like you wouldn't believe, and I. I usually, for some reason, at air travel react that way. I remember now I was delayed on a flight from Vermont to New York. And um, I saw a bunch of people like go up to the counter and they were like frustrated. I had ear, earbuds in and it was blasting music because it was late. And then um, I took out my earbuds and I went up to the counter once I saw it was empty. And I'm like, excuse me, miss. She's like, yes. And she kind of cowered behind the, the uh, counter. I go, did something happen to our flight? She goes, yes, it's delayed by three hours. And I said, three hours? It's delayed by three hours? She said, yes, sir. It's delayed by three hours. She kind of cringed away. And I was like, well, okay. Um, just if if anything else happens, just, you know, please, uh, if you don't mind trying to wave at me because I have earbuds in, so I can't really, I don't hear very often. But uh, thanks. And she just looked at me shocked. Like, you know, what, what the hell was that? And I was just thinking, you know, it's not her fault. She has nothing to do with it. And that was the other thing. The American Airlines situation didn't, wasn't their fault. Uh, the simple thing is they had a plan and a manifest, and they have an idea of how things are going to go. I think their systems could be improved. They have a scanning system. But it's not their fault that the freaking weather got bad in New York around that area uh, and that flight path. It's not their fault that 20 or 30 flights were canceled going into those airports. That's another thing. When I got to Chicago and I noticed the board, and I saw all of these cancellations because the weather was a factor. Can't blame an airline for the, for the weather. I can blame them for not letting me keep my bag. Because the funny thing is when I got on the airplane, the first airplane, here's the crazy thing. When I got on my first airplane, there was cabin space up there. I could have put my bag up there. But they didn't let me. Because the flight was very full. That, I think, is just garbage. Uh, I will necessarily have to spend more money to make sure I don't have to do that because I don't want to be a part of that system anymore. Too old, too tired, don't want to do that anymore. Uh, I don't try to, put, I try to put myself in situations where I'm not frustrated like that. So that was my CES 2015 trip home. Frustrating, tiring, laugh-inducing, but you know what? I can't really complain too badly other than the fact I've complained for 20 minutes. Uh, about it since it's been eight years. I've never had a situation like this before. I don't plan on it happening again. And 
I'm sure stuff will be fine. I mean, what were the odds of that happening? You know, pretty good, I guess. I mean, other flights, I know last year uh, when people were flying out of New York, they were like stuck in Minnesota. There was tons and tons of snow. You know, it was very lucky. Las Vegas was very nice and warm. Trying to look at the bright side. It wasn't that bad. And I was finally home. I might have been loopy and I hadn't slept and I was super edgy. By the way, no sleep does not make me very happy because I had to stay up and be on this flight, and then I couldn't fall asleep, and like a whole bunch of stuff, and I finally got myself together around Tuesday or Thursday, I mean, I I skipped Wednesday there, but yeah, I was mentally like messed up for a while, I woke up one Monday, and I was like, I didn't know where I was, I woke up on Monday, it was 5.30 in the morning, I had no idea where I was, I was like, am I in Vegas, am I in Chicago, I don't know where I am, then I saw Liz next to me, and I'm like, how did she get here, okay, I literally thought she was she had been transported to wherever I was. It didn't occur to me for a good five to 10 seconds that I was home. So that trip kind of beat me up. It was a nice reset. You know what I mean? You want to you wanna get reset? Like, let that happen when you wake up and you don't even know you're home. That was really strange for me. Because I'd been home Saturday night and Sunday night as the Monday morning I woke up where I was like, where am I? So did a number on me. Also, I watched Castaway to watch another crash of a plane. I don't know why I wanted to, but kind of helped me out. Anyway, that was the big trial and tribulation of my quest for peace. If you've got comments, questions, or stories your own, shoot me an email. An email? An email. Don't show me. Don't send me an email. Send me an email at quest. Sorry, quest at gfqnetwork.com. Like I said, we have uh, archives of this show available at gfqnetwork.com. If you just want to listen to the audio, we've got that. If you want the video, we've got that. If you want uh, a transcript of this, we don't do that. So, sorry. Uh, I think Oprah still does that, but I have no idea. I haven't watched that show in forever. Um, that pretty much does it for me. I'm Ayaz. I suggest if you want to know what's up with me and want to know when the show is out, uh, subscribe to the show. Also, follow me on Twitter. I'm at Ayaz, and I write a lot of weird stuff there. And that should do it for me. So I'll see everybody later. Uh, good luck in your quest for peace. Uh, hopefully you've gotten something out of this. If nothing else, hopefully you got a chuckle out of it because it was kind of a bizarre story. So thanks a lot and bye.